welcome to the Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. This is Jan Muse, and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. A good evening. Good Julie. evening. Good evening, Glenn. Hello there, Phil. Hi, Phil. Hi there, Julie. Hi, Glenn. Hello, everyone that's listening. Um, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and that was Can Jan. You tell? And that was Jan Muse, and it seems like ages since we've seen Jan. It does, yeah. yeah. Lovely woman, full so of it, knowledge. It's a few months. She? Mm, it will be. Oh, it must be, yeah. Going into yeah. last year, wasn't it? Quite so a while ago. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, yeah. Mm. No guest. No well, guest. We, we, you, you say that. You are guest. You say you that. But be you're our in, guest. That's it. You're in the hot seat tonight. So, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen, people that are listening, we have this episode about our very own Phil. Who is Phil? <laughs> yeah. Who is an independent celebrant, and so this is something that Phil's uh, come into alignment with over these last few months. So we're going to uh, find out a bit more about what a celebrant does, how Phil got into being a celebrant, and the road and the journey that took him to that. So, um, aren't we, Julie? Yes, we want to know. Why you decided to do that? I'm not snitching you, Glenn, but she's busy on her iPad at the minute. Well, put it down. You're I'm, in class now. <laughs> I'm checking uh, what we're going to be asking you, actually. I think, I think she's looking at dogs still. No, yes, no. No dogs, no dogs. <laughs> oh, I'm only joking, Julie. No, we're going to be asking some questions, though, and uh, I don't know anything about celebrants. Okay. So, uh, okay. Like we do with all of yeah. our guests, Phil. Let's start at the beginning, as you would say. Yeah. So where did this journey start being an independent celebrant? Mm, okay. And we're going back to childhood because from what you've told us before, there was some sort of experiences that you had that led you down this pathway. Can you share that with the oh, audience? Oh, was there? Okay. Um, yeah, so... I suppose. Well, I, I will introduce myself as the Welbeck celebrant, by the way. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, that is now where I... So I am an independent celebrant, Glenn. You got that right, so thank you. Mm -hmm. um, but for the area that I am in, I am oh, trying okay. to be known as the Welbeck celebrant um, for that sense of community and belonging to the to the village to the area and yeah. so people outside of the area can you educate them where is welbeck well actually it's an it's an old um, mining village called Meadon vale mm. and where's Meadon vale and that is near warsop so it is warsop and district so i'm in the war in warsop and district but i mean in I am nottinghamshire in nottinghamshire yes. in that's in england glenn yes just in the, thought in the, get this in the, <laughs> in the uk <laughs> Planet Earth. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I mean, I'm more than happy to travel. Um, Nottingham, Mansfield, Derbyshire. So, I've got a wide, a wide range of... A yeah, wide, a good a broad, area, really. A good area, yeah. Mm. Um, so, what was the question? Where did it start? Where did yeah. it start? Because from when we've had conversations off air, 
you was telling us that there were various job roles that you did and um, shall we say outside of work roles that led you down this pathway without even realizing at the time uh, so experiences mm. that you had and maybe you could share yeah with so the yeah so to be honest i've always been around from a young age i suppose i've always been yeah. around mm death and and passing not in a morbid way but no. my mum was a my yeah. mum's a retired minister okay so sure. several several hundreds of funerals um that my mum's um been able to do yeah uh, and lead services <clears throat> for um and i was always around that so people coming to the home and things like that and talking to my mum about funerals and um being involved with the services myself because i used to play probably still do but i haven't in a few years played the organ yeah wow. um that was something i did it at different churches as well actually we didn't know this yeah. about you phil no fair. come on dive yeah. deep let's so yeah. so there was on that. so there was one funeral in particular that my mum did yeah um and she said oh can you come and play the organ you're gonna have to bring your keyboard i'm like mm -hmm. right okay she said it's actually in in the, the having the service in their living room oh, oh okay. gosh that's unusual so I had yeah. to take, this was in Church Warsop, right. um, quite close to where I live now still. But so I had to take my keyboard to the house. Um, so I was, I was sat, sat <clears throat> next to the coffin. While you were playing. Playing the hymns at the same time Whoa. for the funeral. It couldn't have been easy. With, with the family in this really enclosed living room. Yeah. Yeah. How come they chose well? the, to have it at home? I don't know. To be honest, I don't I didn't really know. You could know. do that. To be you fair. can have a funeral any way you can like, you really? within, I suppose, within reason, right? Um, and that's what I'd like to do. Actually, I'd like to bring in and and be involved with more um, alternative funerals yeah. and celebrations. Um, if somebody wants a funeral in the forest, I am there, please. Yeah, that's mm. me, Sherwood Forest. But that would be lovely. So yeah, so from a young age, I've been involved with funerals that my mum has my, that my mum's done um and always i've always been attracted to doing that to be honest um my mum always said you at some one day she's always said from a very young age yeah you're going to go into ministry right oh, okay. um it's just in a different way isn't in it? in a different form mm. yeah. and then the other mm. month she said i told you i told you you was going to go going to go into <laughs> ministry mm -hmm. and she's always said that right but in a different form then. So being a celebrant, it's not just funerals. I weddings, can it? officiate weddings. Yeah. Not a legal marriage yet, mm -hmm. because okay. that's not allowed. Right. Okay. But weddings <clears throat> and naming ceremonies as well. Yeah. Um, any ceremony that some, if you can think of a ceremony, then I can do it. Um, that might be a ceremony. Uh, and. Uh, I'm going to get, I'm going off at a tangent, aren't I? No, really? Let's just because, reel you in a little bit, yeah. Phil, because we was going back to you playing the, the, the keyboard, the organ yeah. at the side of a coffin. Okay, right. Now, obviously, that, to most people, that could stimulate numerous emotions. But uh, for you, it was a very normal thing to do. Mm. And you felt comfortable in that environment. And so... Um, so that was a regular thing, was would you say, uh, playing at services? Yes, yeah. I used to play sometimes on a Sunday morning. I played okay. for weddings in churches and things like that. Um, Obviously, with, think, with your mum being there as well, you would have been observing the way that your mum worked. 
how respectful mm, she was. Right. And, and do you know what, what yeah. the, the strange thing is? I, it, it's almost like I've, I have my mum's mannerisms wow. of, of yeah. the funerals that I've observed my mum do. Yeah. Right. Oh, I do that. And As I well. think, oh, my mum, that's what my mum always used to do and how she pronounces words and things like that. And I think, Interesting. oh, that's yeah. like my travel channeling my mum. But I think it's, mm. I don't know, it's, Strange, but not strange. How normal, I should say. <laughs> but um, even, yeah, so through work, when I worked in care, yeah, um, it was always, it always seemed to be my role that if somebody passed away, mm-hmm. okay. if one of the individuals in the home passed away, right. mm-hmm. it would be me that, are they called last rites? I think they are, aren't they? They are. Okay. That's correct. So, yeah. so bathing. And dressing, right. and then and then um, just being there for the family coming and the funeral directors coming, that kind of was always my role. That it was me that did that, and I would sit with people as they passed, right, as well, mm-hmm. wow. uh, and be there for palliative care and end of life care. Um, I suppose a little bit like not not. A, have you heard the term a death doula? I haven't. No, no. no. Elaborate, right. please. Yeah. So a death doula is um, somebody that self-employed usually, but they are paid to maybe sit with people as they pass. Right. Okay. Um, and 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 might they might take do different things for that for that person as mm. uh, that uh, that's at end of life, yeah. uh, but want to pass at home. So they mm. might do. Uh, housework and, and shopping and things like that for them, but right. but they're okay. called death. But the term is a death doula. Gosh, wow. something really interesting to look at mm. and, and research. Actually, I think it's spelled D O U L A, as in doula. doula. Um, but there's so many people that are death doulas that you just don't realise because it's not a term that's that's I've common. Never heard of it? No, no. I Sounds very Victorian, doesn't it, almost? Very American, I think, actually. Mm. Right. So I want to ask, I don't know about you, Julie, but I'm intrigued how you kept that your emotions in check and that level of professionalism as you were, say, calming people mm. when they're about to make their transition into the next life. Because they must be quite Do you know, um, fearful sometimes, you know. Mm. A lot of people go through fear um, Mm. uh, before passing. Okay. Um, For me, I think it's how I look at death. And I know this is quite a taboo subject, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't see, I don't fear death. No, well, that's that's kind of good Mm. then, because that's where your calmness comes in. Yeah, I don't fear death. I it's for me. It's why do you feel that? Because it's the next journey, isn't it? It's a whole new journey, and and we aren't leaving. We aren't dying. We are just transforming. Mm. We're just going on our on our next journey, Mm. and what a gift to be able to say, or or what a gift dying is, something that should be rejoiced and praised yeah. and celebrating yeah. celebrated because yeah. we are going back to source we are again becoming part of the universe becoming and and knowing and i suppose we are becoming that that we when we've passed like just we know that we are part of source and 
and part of the, the whole of the universe verse. And we, and then we again have that power of the universe within us and, and we become that. So we, we do have that. I know that we do have that power of the universe. We are, we are a fragment of source already, but to pass on and become that again, I think mm. not something to look forward to because we should embrace life of course, yeah. while Definitely. we're here, but certainly not something that should be feared and not something that is to, taboo to talk about. So when you're in that circumstance then, at, at the bedside of somebody that is um, going to pass anytime soon, um, to most people, they would get tongue-tied. They would feel their emotions coming up to the mm. surface. They, they wouldn't know what to say. So it's, I think, Glenn, sometimes it's not always about having something to say. Okay. Mm. It's about being there. It's about Just holding somebody's somebody hand. Yeah. Presence. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's them knowing that somebody's with them okay. because yes. they can feel that. People, can, you can right feel that. Right till the that, end, they, they can feel yeah. that, yeah. And yeah. just having, your, just having your, your, your hand on their arm, yeah. they've just, they know that they, 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 they safe, have somebody they? with some, they've they, and safe, yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, talking about experiences, Glenn, even on, on the day that my dad, the day of my dad's funeral. Yeah. Um, I had to go next door, next door but one, I should say. Mm. She came round and she said, I can't get, his name His name was Ted, next door but one neighbour. I can't get Ted up, he's not waking mm. up. So I had to go round. Right. Okay. Um, and even, so even on the day of my dad's funeral, in full suit, waiting for the funeral director to come, yeah. Yeah. I was next door but one right. on the phone to 999, Looking, look, uh, looking after a, a person that had passed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On the on the on their living room floor. That is a massive deal on the on the day of your own father's funeral mm. to be faced with that as well. And how do you cope in a situation like that under all that pressure? Do you know, to be that? honest, I think on that day, I think I was just numb. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, it can take a while. Can't there it, was really, so much going on. The yeah. realization of what's actually yeah. happened. Yeah. So moving back to what you were saying about you, you was preparing, um, you know, the person that had passed, you know, clearing, cleansing them, uh, dressing them and everything of that nature. Um, how do you get your mind around that process? Because again, for most people, that would spook them out to be in that presence. How do you go about doing that? What, in the, in the presence of being with somebody as they're passing? No, after they've passed, and you were talking about, you know, cleansing them and preparing them for the family there, the viewing and everything like that. Do you know, I think it's an act of love. Okay. And I think everything that yeah. we do is an yeah. act of love, isn't it? And, and to, be able to, to be able to be with somebody as they pass and then to be able to bathe them and, and dress them, it's one of the greatest mm -hmm. things you can do for somebody in, at, at the very end of their, their life. physical life. So I would always do that with, with love and gratitude. Gratitude that I can do that for somebody. Mm, that's yeah. beautiful. Really. Nice. Beautiful sentiment there. And Definitely. then, of course, it's sort of when the, the person's passed over there, it's the family, isn't it? The grief of the family and how to keep them calm because obviously they're going to be upset mm. and seeing people being upset and, and being detached from it as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's obviously you're, you're celebrating uh, not the death but the being alive and and then doing that for them but 
for the families, they could be quite distraught, can't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. You know. And and nobody's nobody's ever the same. Nobody deals with it the same as anybody else ever. Um, I've lost my train of thought. So this is a very fascinating pathway which led you to inevitably uh, becoming an independent celebrant. So from all of these collective experiences throughout your personal life and also through the career that you've done, previous careers, um, led you to this point in your life where you thought, do you know what, I'm going to, be an independent celebrant so at that that juncture how does somebody with like the experiences that you've had get that education into being an independent celebrant to be honest it was something that i was looking at last year okay um and it had been actually do you know what it had been playing on my mind not playing on my mind but Mm -hmm. in my thoughts thought about it and i know that we've talked pre we've talked quite a lot about things changing last year and ending yeah. for us. And we've, we all said, we've all moved there's something on. new coming in. Yeah. yeah. And I had just an inkling of this is, I really want to do that. And then actually I was with, um, I was, it was, it was um, just before, I think it was November time Yeah, last year. And I'd been thinking about it a lot and thinking, I need to, I want to try and find somebody um, that I can train with, yeah. somebody okay. somebody that I really connect, connect with. with. Yeah, which is important. And then I think it was November, it was Adele. Yeah. Uh, she she was at the pop-up shop in, in Mansfield. Okay. And, and her mum was there. Mm. And I was talking to her mum and she said, oh, I've just seen you. Um, I've just had a vision of you in in in." what looked like robes wow um and taking a service and i'm like really (laughs) (laughs) okay so we talked about that a little bit and uh and that for me was just confirmation that actually you need to get on with this yeah yeah. um so i was looking i was just just on google just looking for uh, what I needed to do to be a celebrant and different training courses. And uh, I happened yeah. to go on, happened to go on the Association of Independent Celebrants website. Yeah. And they, at the time, I think just had four, four training um, companies mm-hmm. that they suggest that they, what's the other word for suggest? Recommend. That they re- mm-hmm. would recommend. Mm-hmm. And one of them was uh, Dinah. Liversidge. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I contacted Dinah. Um, and we had um, a first half an hour consultation. Yeah. Where she talks to you about why you want to do this, what you're looking for. Yeah. What sort of training would you like? And you know what? In that half an hour, you we mean, were just yeah. connected. And I think that is so important that if you're going to do this, find somebody that you're going to just connect with on that on that spiritual well, that level. level as well mm-hmm. and, and that spiritual connection that we had um and the conversations that we had was just i love dinah she is an, an amazing person she's actually training at the minute to be um a bard which is a druid a druid bard okay right. so she's she's quite quite she, forgive my really in- very, ignorance but what's a bard um 
isn't it like I'm um, like a pagan priest? Oh, okay. Do you believe? I don't know. But I'll look at that later, but I'm sure that's mm, what it is. It's an honest. interesting name. I just thought I'd throw that in. There. Yeah. Um, but she, but Dinah um, works um, nationally across the country. Um, and I think overseas as well as a, as a, as a, a professional speaker and celebrant and, and teacher and trainer. Um, and we just hit it off. Literally was just connected straight away. Um, so that's, that's how I met Dinah. What's the difference between chance. being an independent celebrant and a celebrant? So an, as an independent celebrant, there's a difference between an independent celebrant, a priest. Okay. Um, and then you have the, um, what did I say, humanist celebrant yeah. as well. Right. So as an independent celebrant, I can incorporate and blend uh-huh. different spiritual practices right? Okay. from or religious practices. So if somebody wants um, a Catholic aspect, right. then I can do that. And I mean, on the latest funeral, I have. Yeah. So the latest funeral, we had a Christian aspect and a Catholic aspect. Oh, okay. In 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 that funeral. In the same funeral. Yeah. Right. So the Catholic aspect there was the memorial candle. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then they wanted the Lord's Prayer and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. So kind of intertwined two religions there together. Um. But I can then bring in and blend uh, Buddhist practices or pagan practices uh, and different rituals. Right. I have to be careful that I that it's not religious um, or or cultural appropriation mm. because I would never do that. Yeah, I wouldn't say yes. I can do you a a, pay, a full pagan no. ceremony because yeah. actually I don't know enough about that myself until I've yeah. trained with that in that. Yeah. Um. I, I would class myself partly as pagan mm. with my connection to nature and things like that, but I don't know enough about holding a pagan ceremony mm. without it being spiritual appropriation, really. That's yeah. how I look at that anyway. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I can take different aspects of different cultures and belief systems and intertwine them into into any into the celebration as for for what people might like. So I could do uh, for a wedding. I could uh, bring in a hand fasting or or a, a, a wishing tree or uh, anything that people want to do. Jump the rope or or something like that. Mm. But with different different celebrations, we can bring in diff- We can tie celebrations together as well. Um, tell me if I'm waffling on. No, no, no I think it's yeah. fascinating. Um, what does intrigue me is is the process, really. Of um, let's start with um, funerals, for example. You know, obviously, somebody contacts you, uh, wants to um, to book you for their funeral. Now, that in itself, uh, from your perspective, must take a lot of courage because you're facing people at probably their lowest ebb. They're going through that grief. Mm-hmm. So to remain professional 
mm. but also have that empathy with that as well. So how do you go about organizing a funeral? You know, you don't have to tell us all the specifics, but you know, how so, do you get so, the process. So the mm. first contact is the is the funeral director. So yeah. they will contact me. Um they'll ask about a date yeah. and um yeah. That'll that'll be uh, checked, decided, and then they'll email me with the first the first um, information. Okay, which is the name of the deceased, right? Um, yeah. The time of the the service, where it's going to be, mm-hmm. uh, date of birth, and and that yeah. basic information yeah. first. Okay, and then the client and the client's name and contact number. Okay. So as soon as I have that email, I will contact the client then yeah, and arrange a suitable time to go and see the family and um, and give them time to talk to all the members of family that might want to be there at the same time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also have and send out if they if if they do have if they're on the computer and they have email, I have um, a pre question sheet that ah, I take out so that, that I will email out. It's those questions, really, that if I was to say, "Oh, can you tell me about this?" Mm. It's those questions that they wouldn't, that they might have to go and search for, yes, and find a date of birth or find out about other families' names. So, Mm. so in that pre-questionnaire, it might that I'll say, "Can you provide me with a brief family tree? Yeah, who's who? Who's family? Um, Date of birth." life events and dates for life events and things like that mm. or or siblings and ask tell me about si- there's their siblings and things like that so it's those questions that um they, it might take some time and they might to have the to go and search yeah. for giving yeah. them that focus aren't you you know so that what the information get, that you yeah, need yeah mm. and i might send out some uh i'll do i would send out um some uh readings that are quite popular or yeah. or that they might find um appropriate for for their loved one that's that's mm-hmm. passed um and it gives them time to 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 really have a good read through just some different readings and poems and things like that um yeah well you you're just organizing them really for what 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 information you need to make it a special service you know yeah um yeah. for the celebrants so then when i go and see them then that's when I'll I'll go out with um, a, a recorder. So I will always say, I'm going to try not to write everything down because uh, I don't want yeah. to miss anything. Yeah. But I am going to record, record the it. conversation. Yeah. So everything that we talk about is recorded. And then so when I get back, I can listen back to that and then make my notes in full. Yeah. yeah I do take a pad and paper, but that is for um, dates, names and things like that that I really don't want to miss or... Or term terminology, um, so it's even even down to what they called each other, nicknames, short names. Did mm. did the grandchildren call them grand grandpa or granddad? Mm. Because it's important that you take their language and 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 intertwine their terminology into the service because then it becomes it's personal isn't it then, yeah to them. yeah you're keeping that memory alive aren't you as well mm. by implementing them and the way i write as well i try and make it so we i talk about we as though i knew the person that's passed yeah as well so you're including yeah 
and and it makes so, it more relatable. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, a client that I've worked with, um, she said, "You really talked. You 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 everything that you said. You just read it like you knew him." That's a really nice touch, though, isn't it? it? Yeah. Really special. Yeah. Well, you do have a very calming manner and a calming influence. So I imagine in um, proceedings of such an important nature, like a funeral, that would be conveyed very professionally professionally and appropriately with, with your natural mannerisms and, and approach there as well. Yeah, yeah. One lady that I've worked with recently... Um, when I was talking to her on the phone before I went out and went out to see her, she said, oh, my daughter goes to a, a couple of different day centres. Yeah. And so instantly I thought, a daughter goes to day centres. I am going to go off on a hunch. Um, not assuming, but I took a book. It was, uh, it's a book from, it's called um, Badger's Parting Gifts. Because just from what she said, when she said, my daughter goes to some different day centres, I thought, I've got a feeling that I'm going to be de uh, working with somebody that has learning disabilities. Okay. Right. Um, so I took the book. It's a children's book from um, Child Bereavement UK, I think it is. Badges, Party and Gifts. Fantastic book for children. But because I knew that I, was, I had that hunch that there was going to be somebody with learning disabilities, I took the book. Yeah. And it turns out that uh, it was, uh, I did. And it's somebody that I knew as well that okay. I used to care for when I worked in learning disabilities. Wow. So straight away we had that connection. Um, and so, the, so the, the book was really well received. And I think it's listening to the things that aren't, that it's listening to those little details and, and really, really connecting with the family. Um, Mm, I like that. I like how you make it about we, you know, you're including everybody within that service. And I like how you, you're bringing that person to life again, you know, their experiences. Um, and obviously, um, I love the fact that you record it as well. Mm. Um, again, to capture it's every a really detail. Good idea. Yeah, like I will say. always say to the family, though, as soon as I've listened to this and made all the notes that I need, yeah. I will delete, delete the recording. Yeah. Yes, that, that's, um, that's very tasty. For um, GDPR and confidentiality, and if anything like that will be uh, deleted. Discarded, yeah. 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 Mm. So the actual event itself then, uh, delivering this to a congregation, if I can use that terminology, from your perspective... Um, I know from uh, both myself, my experience, and I assume Julie's experience, when we've done live concerts musically, we feel our adrenaline building up. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, Is that do. a similar vibration for yourself before doing a, a service? Ab absolutely. Okay. Maybe a couple of hours before, um, the nerves kick in and the right. adrenaline kicks in. And you know what? I think I'm not bothered that I'm nervous. Oh, it's Before quite healthy, isn't that. it, to it have a little bit of nerves? I think you've got a pulse there, doesn't it? Nerves show that we care. You care and you want yeah. to do it the best of your ability. Yeah. That's right. And I think uh, I was talking to a funeral director the other day and she said, you know, um, the moment that you aren't nervous and you are complacent about, some, about mm. doing what you do, then yeah. maybe it's time that you don't do that anymore. You'll be taking your eye off the ball, won't you? And yeah. 
Yeah. And, um, so even if people pick up on the fact that I might have been nervous, nervous yeah. I don't mind because I know that that shows that I care about what I'm doing for that family and making it, yeah. making it as individual and as as perfect for that family as I can because I care that it is perfect for that family, and and building something that the person that's the the deceased person, building something that they would be proud to be part of as yeah. well. Yes. Now, obviously, with most um, celebrations of a passing, they they require music mm. to accompany that ceremony. Have you? Do you have to have certain permissions or licenses to to play a certain piece of music? Has that so, got to be taken into account? Not me personally. Okay. But the 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 if it's a crematorium, they will have a, a personal PPL license. They right. will. That's yeah. right. Okay. To play all music. Yeah. yeah. So they are licensed for for any music. Um, the 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 crematorium at Mansfield is going digital soon. So, uh-huh. so at the minute with the music, yeah. there's two buttons on the, on the pulpit. There's two buttons. Right. Yeah. One's for the curtain and one's for music. Okay. So if I want, if they're having music in the middle of the service, right. I press the button. Yeah. And then there's somebody sat in a side room and then they press play. Okay. Oh, okay. You get um, the right song. Hopefully it's. Well, they, they always check what the music is. And so the, they, they, they actually always, do that then. So you tell them what piece. Sheet. And what number track and things so like that. that will all yeah. so the the music choices that's <coughs> all already chosen yeah um and so the the crematorium are all already aware of of what, of what music piece is going to be used and and it's amazing what if you say actually i just want this piece from they just want this piece from youtube yeah. they'll find it okay and they'll do mm-hmm. that um the latest one was a piece of music which is the formula one bb formula one theme tune Right. And they just wanted that piece of that that little piece, yeah. that theme tune piece. Okay. And so that was put that on a ri- as well. because it's quite short though. It was, was put it on, like a, a loop? on a on a loop because it was the last piece. Um, but that the music's going digital as well, so apparently it's going to be on a screen. Uh, so I will have to control all of the music and press play myself. Right. Um, I don't know when that's coming in June. I think they're starting mm. with that. Not long then. Well, so, there's, yeah. there's something I like uh, that I believe you're doing. It's called the Warsop and District Grief and Bereavement Friends. Yes, that's what I um, mm. And I Tablet. love the statement, together we are stronger. Can you tell us a bit more about that group? Something that I've been wanting to do, um, and actually something that I talked to Dinah about first. So, yeah. Um, Dinah, we've talked about all sorts, and, and, and so Dinah suggested that maybe get yourself into the community as well as a celebrant you need to be in the community and within the community talking to different people yeah and i've always wanted to do something in the community i'm getting quite involved in the community at the minute but this is something quite new um so myself um sarah my friend sarah clark who is a specialist specialist grief counselor yeah um who currently works with Cruz Bereavement, oh, the, bere- the bereavement yeah. charity, and that so so Sarah Clark, specialist cancer, and also Jack Stevenson, who is the, the the district and parish councillor for Warsop and District. Um, so so Jack wants to 
bring in and and be involved in different groups as well so so together we've talked about this um and said actually yeah let's do let's do this there's there's no groups like this in the area even in ollerton i've talked to um talked to um funeral director in shirebrook and ollerton um and taken that information to them and they've both said we don't have anything like this around so well they will have now because you're going to be setting it up Mm, it's a lovely um, gesture, and I like yeah. the fact that you're bringing that so, sense of community together. Because mm. over the last few years, obviously, there's been a segregation, hasn't there, in yes. society? Yeah. So it's lovely to hear that you bring just want that to together. build something where people mm. can come um, and talk to other people that may be going through grief or and lost themselves, yeah. or in the past have gone through grief on, and loss. And so are able to talk to people that are going through that now. Yeah, and share their experiences and how yes. they coped. And talk it, about death and bring and and really bring up those taboo. That those taboo um, people don't tend to talk about it, do they? Really? It's, no, people um, don't like to talk about death. Hmm. And when I've talked to people about having a death cafe, oh, that's, that's a funny terminology. Please elaborate. It is the appropriate, <laughs> it is the correct terminology for okay. a death and bereavement group. Okay. So that's where people can come and talk about death and talk about their own plans for death. Do you know, like we've talked about, like I've talked about tonight, uh, saying that actually my my view on death, mm. a death cafe is where you can go and talk about your own views on death and dying and bereavement. Um, and really lifting the lid, let's say. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Lift, you know, lifting the lid on death. Yeah. Yeah. Sacred space where you can have that deep conversation and not feel like intimidated or embarrassed by, like you say, sharing your viewpoint on that subject yeah. matter. I think something will evolve uh, with the group or maybe a different branch of the group. Um to to incorporate open conver- open conversation about about people's own views on death and dying and really try and break that taboo on talking mm. about death. I wonder why it. why don't people talk about death? Because they probably think it's never going to happen, although it's going to happen to us all. I, I suppose it's fear. It's avoidance, isn't it? I think speaking from a, an Englishman point of view, we're, we're kind of brought up in a society where we have to sort of keep calm and carry on. And mm. I think that that sort of mentality has come from um, the Second World War era, era, should I say. And that's kind of still around today. And I think mm. yeah. part of that is... Back in that time, it's a stiff upper lip, isn't it? They had to. They had to in order to uh, to make things work. Yeah, I I think that mm. that's never left us. I suppose talking about talking about death, talking about Mm. grief, it's one of those topics that brings up emotion. It does, and people brings up try to bury it, don't they? People don't like to talk about emotional stuff, do they? Yeah, me and my mum talk about death all the time. We're not morbid, but we we're always planning our funerals. Uh, together and and even so that we've with that i was i was the other month i said i'm having this music for my funeral and she said no that's mine <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you can be light-hearted about it yeah, yeah so so we've we both have the same 
we Do both want the same music for for his funerals. Wow. So I know my mum's my mum's was planned. Um, even if it's not a funeral, it might be a memorial. But um, she's yeah. still talking about that whether she wants pure cremation or or direct to creme, where basically you don't go. There's no service. The body is just, oh, taken, just straight taken straight, straight to, cram. to the cram. No people there. Really? It is taken straight to cram, and then you're just, wow. and then you are just given the ashes. Wow. The remains. So many different ways, isn't there? there? Is. I hadn't really thought about There's it. There's so before. much more than cremation. Yeah. But I also understand that you've been busy behind the scenes and you've been putting together a book. <laughs> I have. Can it's it's a very it? it's a very small book. Okay. Uh, a pocket size book, maybe nice. the size of a postcard. Mm-hmm. Um and so far there's ten chapters. Yeah. And so it's a very small book. And actually, the book, it's, it's actually called um, a, a Little Book on Big Grief. Okay. I love that title. Nice. Shall I read you, shall I tell you what chapters are in it? Yes, that would you be good. A quick rundown a of the chapters. So, um, so it's going to be something like maybe um, a chapter per page. Okay. Just a very small book, like just something okay. that I can that people can give away as a gift. Yes, um, just as just as something small. People like small books, don't they? They do actually. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, I was writing um, a series of meditations, um, but this is kind of taken over. So yeah. it's a small book, a small book on big grief. Okay. Chapter one is about understanding grief. Um, um, and looks to define really what grief is and some of the physical, emotion, and, and, and psychological responses that accompany grief. grief yeah. Chapter two, then, is looking at types of grief. Um, and that looks at, at the minute, that is looking at different forms of grief and how they can affect people in various different ways um, and exploring grief such as uh, anticipatory grief, disenfranchised grief, complicated grief, and traumatic grief. Mm. I won't go into each because yeah. uh, yeah. I might might send you the uh, the chapter. Okay, mm. that'd be good. Like that. Chapter three talks about coping strategies, mm-hmm. uh, self care, staying connected with others, practicing mindfulness, um, engaging in alternative healing, mm. uh, and things like that. Chapter four, then, is supporting others in grief. Because I think it's always important that we do, we are aware of how we can support others and what to say to other people mm. that are going through grief. Because sometimes, yeah. sometimes you don't, you don't know what thing. to say and you don't want to be that person that if you see somebody coming up the street and you know that they've just lost somebody, mm. you don't want to be that person that crosses the road because you don't know what to say. That's true. Mm. You want and to be I'm, able to say something and be able to comfort them. Even if you, you even if it's just a hug and just saying, I'm here. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Chapter five is about children and grief, mm. um, which looks at the unique challenges that children might face um, dealing with grief. Um, chapter six is grief and loss from a culture and spiritual, a cultural and spiritual perspective. Um, and that looks at different perspectives, really. Um, 
seven is finding meaning and purpose after, after loss. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, that focus on on the the concept of finding meaning meaning and purpose, as I've just said, um, during that phase of grief, um, and and finding a way to move forward after that significant loss. Um, then we go on to grief and relationships, and and how grief can cause not problems but how grief can change relationships that you're in yeah. as well. Sure. Um, because sometimes actually relationships can be broken through, through grief. Um, and so that looks at how ways to repair relationships and, mm. and rebuild mm. that rebuild connections. connections, even with people that actually that you, that, you might not have talked to for years mm. that after somebody passes, you end up coming together again, mm. building those bridges and building bridges and, and rebuilding those relationships, siblings that you might not have talked to for years. At some point you're going to come back together and then you, you might say, actually, this is a relationship with that we need to rebuild. Um, Chapter nine is navigating through significant events. Mm. So that looks at um, those significant events, birthdays, the first Christmas, ones. the yeah. first anniversary, yeah. and thing, and that that holiday that you might have always gone together on. That awkwardness. Yeah. yeah, and navigating those events there, and then um, significant events and then chapter 10 is is moving forward after grief and, and finding hope after after loss and that phone that really focuses on on the like the final stage of the grieving process really highlighting ways to move forward in life um so yeah that so very good. very Incredible. small book but um looking at having it finished in the next week Mm -hmm. um and having trying to get that published might self-publish it i think yeah, it's maybe. probably the easiest way i think it needs to get out there. but i mean i'm Definitely. not i'm not writing that to make any profit i don't want to make profit from it, no, it i want it to, to be a, a, a tool to support and help people that i might be able to just give away and maybe give some give some give a give a few copies to a funeral director <clears throat> and say yeah please if you feel that you need to give one of these to somebody, then then do that. That'd be really useful, wouldn't it? Yeah, really it's a nice gesture mm -hmm. that is. Can I ask? Uh, was that um, that come from the soul? Was it uh, channeled information? Just I think. Do you know what? To... When you get into that zone, yeah, I think we channel it anyway, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really mm. tapping into that. Too. I've kind of stay away from my own opinions in there. Yeah. Mm. So. Mm. At the minute, there are no opinions of mine because I don't, because grief is personal. Yeah. And I don't want to influence people with anything that I've gone through or, or felt or exactly. dealt with. That's really good that you can be impartial. Mm. I think it needs to be quite impartial and maybe a little bit, I don't know. You, if, if, if you read it, it might be a little bit matter of fact. But... Yeah, I needed to be, imp I felt that I just needed to be impartial with that. I think you've got to be detached, really, because then you're not influencing um, 
what you're doing within that time that you're spending with the family. Yeah. It's coming from them, but you're channeling it through to the best way of presenting that. Dealing with, working with any family, coming alongside any family that are in grief and, and supporting them to build um, that celebration of life, that tribute for their loved one. The main thing that I remember, that I need to remember, that I do remember, and to, and acknowledge that it's not about me. Yeah. It's not, not about me. Not yeah. 1% of that is about me. And I think that's how we're able to detach a little bit as well from from what they're going through, because yeah. it's not about me. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the way to sort of, Manage, it's a coping mechanism in itself, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're emotionally detached, although you can have empathy and compassion for what they're going through, because we've all yeah. suffered uh, loss and grief at some point in our lives, haven't we? It's inevitable. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's really nice. And you've, I can tell how passionate you are about uh, this type of work as well. It's just, do you know what? It, I feel honoured. It's an honour. I have so much gratitude. Yeah that I am able to do this and, and come alongside people that are going through that. Because um, I do have empathy for that. Because anybody that's been through a significant loss of a parent or or uh, something or anybody that's significant to them, yeah. you can come alongside somebody else that's been through that. And I've always said that, that, you can only take somebody as deep as, as deep as you've been yourself. That's true. Mm. Can we um, touch upon the other side of being an independent celebrant, um, mm. such as uh, weddings or celebrations of um, unions between two couples? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so legal legally. Yeah. There's a difference between marriage and wedding. Okay. Yeah. And this is where. Actually, for weddings, it, gets, it can get a bit scary because you have to be so careful that you do not call it a marriage. Right. Because that's legal. That's a legal binding. Okay. Um, that's legally binding. What I do for a wedding mm -hmm. isn't. So usually for an independent celebrant, I mean, if you look at the law reforms at the minute, it's going through Parliament at the minute, so they're trying to change it so we can um, officiate a legal a legal okay. marriage right. yeah but at the minute for somebody that wants to have um a, uh maybe um a marriage in the middle of a forest it can't be legalized it at can't the be legalized but they right. can have they can have the marriage right um and maybe with themselves and go 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 get married with two two witnesses and then a week later or how how long later you can then have the wedding okay which is two different things so the marriage and the wedding are really two different things um so the wedding we can we can go to town and we can include vows or promises um in a in the wedding okay and and some people do that some people might go to the registry office and get and have the the marriage where okay. they will get the certificate. Which is the legal side. Which is the legal yeah. bit. Yeah. And then they can really create the type of wedding that they want and have that wherever they want. Yeah. Because at the minute, um, it's the venue that is licensed. 
Right, yeah. Because yeah. it sounds quite confusing, doesn't it? it? Does, a wedding yeah. and marriage, you, you would imagine yeah. it was the same thing. So for a, for a marriage at the minute, it is the venue that's licensed to carry out that marriage. Right. They would then need the... Um, so if you were getting married, if you were having a wedding in a forest, it's currently unlicensed. That's what you're saying. Yes. Isn't it? Mm. So that's where they would need to get married first, and then have the have the wedding. wedding yeah. So like a pagan a pagan uh, hand fasting. Yeah. You right. would still need to be legally, legally married, married first at a venue. Yes. Or a registrar or yeah a church or wherever. But but yeah. to do that for the for for the wedding separately, you can go to town on however you want. Right. And do whatever you want with that. Um, naming ceremonies as well. Mm, I, was um, that, I was talking to a, talking to a family um, the other week about incorporating different celebrations as well within that. So they're talking to me about a wedding, uh, a naming ceremony. But I was talking to so so um, it's a blended family. So blended. Uh, a blended family. So that? one person's already got children from a previous oh, okay. previous oh, relationship. Yeah. So so one of the person one of the one 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 of the parents is a step parent to one of the okay. child who's okay. just had a child of their own together. So we're talking to them about maybe blending the ceremony so they can incorporate the naming ceremony, but also family promises to each other. Mm. Family promises. Like yeah. yeah. So instead of vows, so so like you would get a, a wedding, wedding, you could have vows and they would make promises to each other. You could then incorporate family promises or family vows that they promised, promised to each other as a family. Okay. Um, or an adoption ceremony. Oh, I like the oh. sound of that. Yeah, bringing... Or, or what I want to talk to... I've been wanting to talk to Eric about was um, uh, a find your tribe ceremony where people can come to a mass ceremony um, and, and carry out a ceremony with their tribe and have oh. tribe, tribe promises to each other. Do you know, like, like the scouts or something like that. They, yeah. They or, that, or, they? or spiritual mm. tribes or spiritual groups, spiritual soul groups can come and be part of that ceremony. So, whatever ceremony you can think of, it's something that you it's, can it's do. There, it's there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What I'd like to do is, is uh, I'm going to do in, in maybe towards Christmas, I'm going to have um, an organised memorial service right. as well. But what I would love to do, maybe in, in summertime more, is do that as well in a stone circle. Oh, and invite yes. anybody that wants to come and be part of that memorial for their loved one. That would be more of a spiritual practice. Mm. But in, in Warsop, I'd like to hold, hold a memorial service for, for anybody that's lost loved ones to come at Christmas and, yeah. and be part of that as well. But also, talking about stone circles, what I'd like to do in the summer, maybe, maybe next summer, okay. but have a promises ceremony. So people can come as a couple, right. um, almost like a vow renewal. I was just about to say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But for, for but for many people to come together and do that as a as time, a as like a big a group, yeah, as a collective, as couples, mm. and and go through that ceremony of vows or or, or promise renewal. 
So really, as an independent celebrant, you can actually mix and match with anything that you like. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So the va- so the the wedding reforms at the minute that's going through Parliament as well mm-hmm. are looking to change. So so the so the the license to For the venue. carry out a wedding right. will be with the person and not the venue. Right. Okay. And hopefully they are going to incorporate independent celebrants with that. So as an independent celebrant, if it all goes through, we would then be able be able to carry out an official wedding anywhere literally anywhere okay Mm, that's going to really tailor it isn't it to the clients and and make their event their moment yeah Um, i like the sound of that but yeah so complex isn't it actually there's a lot of options there quite scary with the weddings and and how legal that is Mm. um you can actually if i if i was to say if i was in that wedding ceremony if i happened to say marriage right I could actually be done for fraud. Gosh. Just one word and that would uh, put you down that avenue. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's the difference between the two, really. We were talking about the difference between a celebrant and a humanist celebrant as well, well. weren't we? Yes. Have I still got time? Very briefly. So I'll just say a humanist celebrant, they cannot... They are not allowed, so they're part of the humanist society. Right. So they cannot incorporate any aspect of religion at ah, all. Okay, right. Nothing. No 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 mention no of God, source, no Lord's Prayer, no hymns, anything like that. They cannot right. do anything like that. Okay. Because they are part of the humanist society, which is a reg- recognised society. That you don't have any reference to religion. No, no. Well, Phil, on behalf of Julie and myself, mm, that's fascinating. To thank you for diving deep with us tonight. Mm. I've learnt a lot from this. And, I have as um, well. Yeah, I hope everybody that's listening have as well. Mm. certainly gave me a different viewpoint on, on actually passing away and, you know, the, uh, the things that are available to you. So mm. have you got any websites or any way of people communicating um, with you? Yes, actually. So anybody can find me. I am officially the, the, the Welbeck celebrant okay. dot, uh, at gmail.com for email. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook, the Welbeck celebrant as well. Philip Dackham, the Welbeck celebrant on there. I haven't updated my website yet, but that is something that I, need, I do know I need to get done. Dinah, okay. if Dinah, if Dinah listens to this, she's going to be saying, I told you to do that months ago. <laughs> that was, that was part of your homework. Oh, <laughs> but you, we've wrist. got the Facebook um, link though. Yeah. So yeah, if you've yeah. got that there. So, so yeah, thank you. Thank you. I've really us, yeah. enjoyed this tonight. It's one of the, it's, it's gone really quick. I can't it believe has. how quick it's gone. You, yeah. You've been amazing. I think we've covered everything there though, really. In a nutshell, it's literally, yeah. Yeah. Any burning questions so, yeah. that we had? Has it been so yeah, anybody that's listening, feel free to join us on uh, for the for the Warsop and District uh, Grief and that's Bereavement. In July, Friends. isn't it? The first. The first one Saturday. is the first Saturday in July, um, and then it's bi bi monthly. So every other month after then, on the first Saturday, so at the coffee loft nine, as well, isn't it? The Warsop. coffee loft at the the Mansfield Refillery, um, and what a lovely setting they've made so yeah Fabulous. Right. well thank you phil thank you julie yeah thank you thank both you. thank you both. thank you brilliant thank you for listening
Facebook page.